the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome to Healing Habits Now with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. You know, it's an interesting and perhaps troubling new research just published by the Centers for Disease Control. This has come out in the last 30 days, revealing alarming new numbers in American health, or perhaps better put, the lack thereof. In the arena of pain and pain management, fully 21% of Americans now report suffering from chronic pain. 21%. That's nearly a quarter of the U.S. population. But wait, another 8% have been diagnosed with what doctors are calling high-impact chronic pain. Without regard to what the source of your pain might be, here's what I can tell you, because you can tell us even better. You suffer from it every day. It oftentimes debilitating to the point where you find just day-to-day tasks and responsibilities at home or at work become nearly impossible to complete. And worse yet, for weeks, months, maybe years, you've sought solutions and unfortunately have found no answers. Dr. Duong, wow, 21 percent, and we're up to almost 30 percent of Americans. If we add in that 8 percentile dealing with high-impact chronic pain, this is becoming almost a pandemic. Yes. A lot of people are living in in pain. The worst part of it is that when they have pain, that you don't have the quality of life that you truly deserve. That's what we put on earth for, to live better, live longer, and to live happier so that we can serve. There's been talk in recent months about addressing the pandemic that is taking place with opioid abuse. And a lot of people think, well, people are just doing this for um, so-called recreational drug use purposes. But from these new numbers out of the CDC, it sounds to me like a big part of this is in a failed attempt at pain management that, quite frankly, a good percentile of Americans are not living life to its fullest, not really able to function because the degree of pain through which they must survive every day is just unmanageable. That's why I'm here. I'm here to give people hope. You don't have to live in pain if you follow the right pathway. If you follow in there, uh, a pathway that's just masking the problem, of course, the pain will continue and continues to get worse. But if you're following the right pathway of the body has the ability inside you to heal, you can get better. Because that's why I'm here to share this message so people who are in pain or people who have any chronic disease, there's always hope so that you can get better. I'm here to share with you my knowledge. You know, ironically, we know that in many miraculous ways, the body does have a natural way of healing itself. If you cut yourself on a paper cut, maybe within a day or two, that begins to heal up. The body has the ability to regenerate cells. 
it's incredible if we allow the body to do and function as God designed it to. Exactly. Just how healthy we can be. But the problem is that lack of knowledge. What scriptures say, my people suffer for lack of knowledge. You've brought a very special guest with you here today. Uh, introduce us, would you please? Yeah, this is Michelle, and this one of the, um, my patients. And then she's very kind enough to come to the station and share this information with the audience. Our goal is to give people hope you don't have to suffer through with pain or any chronic disease. Marshall, thank you for being with us today. And we had a chance to visit briefly uh, before we came on the broadcast today. You were sharing with me that you've been dealing with chronic pain in a variety of arenas, almost to the point of being debilitating for the better part of a decade, a decade and a half now. Tell us a bit about what's been going on. Um, being a longtime sufferer of migraines for actually 20 years and then dealing with chronic pain issues for the past decade and a half, about 15 years, it had been very difficult to function by the time I got to Dr. Duong. And I did find myself having to come off work just because it was such an overwhelming situation where pain was a daily circumstance for me. One that was just unable, I wasn't able to manage it anymore and was quite hopeless. You mentioned chronic fatigue to me before Mm -hmm. we came on the air today, uh, dealing with inflammation, uh, migraine headaches that you just referred to, and and practically speaking, almost every part of your body aching. It sounds like for a long time, you just kind of pushed through the pain, did the best that you could, but it eventually became to the point where, as you suggest, was debilitating. Yes, very much so. Um, having a high tolerance for pain, it became my norm. But then my body started responding to the fact that it couldn't function at that level you of reached pain the breaking anymore. point. Exactly. And literally um, had to just come off work and rest and try and heal. And pursuing traditional medicine, I did that on a regular basis, but never had any resolve for the issues that I was dealing with. It would mask the so symptoms, but not, not as if you it. were sitting at home on the couch just oh, dealing no. with the pain. <laughs> so you sought out doctors. Yes. They gave you examinations. They yes. probably prescribed a whole yes. apothecary of medication yes. and no results? No results. Dermatologists, rheumatologists, osteopathic doctors, general practitioners, um, physical therapists, all of that to the point where I had probably about 10 different prescriptions that I was on when I first came to Dr. Duong just two and a half months ago. And Dr. Duong, how typical is this for patients that come to see you like Marshall that are dealing with chronic pain that has gone out over years and years, they've sought medical relief, they've been prescribed medication, and instead of getting results that seem to suggest that like in her case, she's improving. In fact, over the years, she's actually gotten worse. Is this common? It's very common because, we, like I said earlier, you, you have to follow the right pathway. The pathway of masking the, your symptoms with like, uh, medications, that's not the healing pathway. You have to understand the body mechanism, allowing the body to heal naturally. That's the right pathway of healing. That's what God designed us for, the healing from within. 
So the approach that in your practice is very different then from what many are familiar with. Again, go in, doctor, it hurts here when I do this. The doctor either says, well, don't do that, or here, let me prescribe you some medication, almost as if to suggest if you're going in to receive pain pills, for example, to deal with chronic lower back pain or maybe neck pain or uh, the results of anything from arthritis to thyroid disease and all of that that can accompany it, that we just need more pills because somehow we have a pill deficiency. But that really is a very uh, awkward way of approaching it. You're suggesting that we really need to look at this from a natural standpoint because the body is designed to be able to heal if we can only take it down the right path. Is that essentially what you're saying? Yes. The body can heal, period. But there's always pattern. So you need to recognize the patterns so, so, um, from patient's symptoms. Why do people, patients say, if they have a chronic conditions like thyroid, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, any autoimmune, any kind of, kind of um, chronic disease or chronic pain, there's a pattern. First is that sleep. Can you fall asleep? Can you stay asleep? Do you wake up in the middle of the, the night and your brain are raising? There's always the reason. So sleeping is something that we need to help the patient to solve. The second is the diet. Are they eating the right food? Everyone knows about gluten. Even some people, they even try to cut off gluten for like six months or half a year, but it doesn't seem to be very effective. Initially, it helps, but two months or three months later, it doesn't seem to be effective. Diet, one of the things that I discovered that really helps to understand the diet portion is genetic testing. Once we identify the genetic, where's your genetic weakness in terms of like a gluten, okay, and in terms of your probiotic, in terms of your vitamin D. So that's, those are all lead into the inflammatory process. But one of the most important thing is that even the food that you think that is good for you can be harmful to you. Hmm. For example, spinach, tomatoes, avocados. Why? They, those are all good food, but it's good to other people. Maybe not to yourself because you're genetic, you have a um, histamine breakdown issue. So we need to identify genetics to help the patient to have put in the right food into the system. And then there's other things that we test. like We test for 55 genes to understand the mechanism of the body. And then there's also the, uh, the pattern of the gut, the digestive tract, right? We are understand 80% of the immune system is where it's in the gut. The pattern is that in the gut. So are you digesting your food? Do you have any constipation, any diarrhea, any bloatedness when you eat? So we need to understand that because we need to heal the gut and feed the gut with the good probiotic. So this way, that, that would give the gut the better chance to heal. And, and clearly there's something going on that's triggering the system, like in the case as you've taught us in, in past programs of like arthritis, which is at the core in auto immune problem. Yes. If the body is somehow now attacking itself, it's misidentified the enemy. And as a result now, we're suffering from chronic pain, inflammation, the joints. And, and you had gone through some of that, Marcelle, as well, oh, I guess. most definitely. I had been diagnosed with um, psoriatic arthritis. So definitely dealing with the pain from that inflammation, insomnia, um, pre-diabetic, all of those things had very all of the sensitivities to avocado, spinach, and everything, and didn't know why. Yeah. And coming from a history where my mother died from Lou Gehrig's disease, when I walked into Dr. Duong's office, that was where I thought I was headed, mm. literally. 
That must uh, have been terrifying for you. Definitely. Knowing so. the family history and the way you had been feeling. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Oh. So being able to identify what the core root issues were and then have a solution that was viable, took some work. Uh, I cheated on my diet a couple of times <laughs> and felt the results of that, but I have learned my lesson. So um, it has been very renewing as far as giving me hope. You're listening to Healing Habits now with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. More information available by going to healinghabitsnow.com. That's healinghabitsnow.com or by calling 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Don't forget, for a limited time, Dr. Duong is giving a very special opportunity for the first eight callers that qualify. You'll receive a consultation regularly a $287 value for just $47. This is available to the first eight callers to 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Or by visiting online, healinghabitsnow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. You're listening to Healing Habits Now with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. More information available by going to healinghabitsnow.com. That's healinghabitsnow.com or by calling 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Don't forget, for a limited time, Dr. Duong is giving a very special opportunity for the first eight callers that qualify. You'll receive... A consultation, regularly a $287 value for just $47. This is available to the first eight callers to 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Or by visiting online, healinghabitsnow.com. There's a remarkable side of this story, and we mentioned at the onset that some of what you've been dealing with health-wise dates back 15, 20 years, over that course of time, Dr. Duong, that Marshall has gone and seen doctors and been prescribed medication and gone through all of it, no improvement. In fact, if anything, your situation grew worse over time. And then she came and saw you. You engaged in genetic testing. You began looking at where she at health-wise, how is the body processing the food, et cetera, et cetera. And now, remarkably, in not 20 years to come and begin seeing results, but in barely just over two months, she's beginning to see some results. And is it fair enough to say that for you, this is the first time in your recollection that you felt this pain-free? Is that fair? Yes. (laughs) The first time in a long time and didn't even think this was possible. I, I walked in open for whatever suggestions could be made so that I could feel just a modicum of better. Now, a lot of doctors at this point, they say to us, well, you're at that age. Exactly. And we, we <laughs> think that we just have to embrace the pain because right. we think this is normal. But you're suggesting, Dr. Duong, that this this kind of pain and the life that poor Marshall was dealing with was not normal. It's not, it's not normal. We don't have to live in pain. Our body has the capacity to heal as much as we can, but don't damage it. Don't wait until that you have a damage and then come and, uh, come and get some treatment. So once she came in, met with you, 
You ran through a panel of tests. Yes. What were the results of those tests, and how did you begin to then give her direction to change her lifestyle? Look at her, her weakness. Where is her weakness in her genetic? So once we know the genetic weaknesses, so now uh, we can give the body the right supplement at the right time for the right conditions. So that's how genetic information would be able to uh, help us to identify where's the weakness. So now we put them in the right foot, now the body can heal. It's not very complicated. It's very simple. We just need to have the heart. We need to have the faith and deliver the hope. And the good the news is that the, the, the hard part God already did, right? We just have to follow the right prescription based on the way he wants us to live, the way he wants us to eat, proper diet. And as you do that and make some of these changes, the proof, as they say, is in the pudding. Definitely. So it can seem very overwhelming because when you're dealing with those types of chronic issues for so long, you you just are hopeless. But when you're given a very simplistic way of doing it, and not only simplistic but encouraging, where you actually can succeed in it, it just makes all of the difference in the world. And, Marshall, two and a half months in, you're already seeing marked, measurable results. Over years of having dealt with it, embraced the pain, if I can say that, or at the very least pushed through it to do what you needed to do, busy working, your, your husband's in full-time ministry, you're involved in ministry, you've got kids. There's just there's a lot going on. You push through the pain, but I would suspect in a lot of that, there probably wasn't much joy, was there? No, and that became very discouraging, living a life where you feel it's set apart for God and you're serving him and you don't understand why this is going on. Um, it became a stewardship issue, though, for me, too, as well, in the sense of taking care of the temple that God has given me and paying attention to what it needed in order for it to be used the way he had purposed me to use. Were there moments where you were prepared to just kind of give up or that you felt as if God had kind of abandoned you? Oh, yes, most definitely. Along with all of this chronic pain, anxiety, stress, and depression were a huge portion of it. And literally just being overwhelmed and consumed by the fact that, well, I guess this is my plight and this is what I'm looking at. Literally the day I walked into Dr. Duong's office, I was counting down the years um, in comparison to my mother's life that I had left. Knowing that your mother was diagnosed and eventually passed away from ALS must have been terrifying for you. It was terrifying in the sense of I only found out two weeks prior to her death that she had the disease and she had only been diagnosed eight months prior. So it wasn't the typical situation, but what I've heard from so many doctors is, We've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do with that. You're an anomaly. We we don't. We'll give you the protocol, but it's you know we just have to try and see if that's going to work. And it was not successful. And the the fear of potentially not being around to see mm-hmm. kids get married, grandkids, all of that that must have really hurt your heart. It did hurt my heart, and to the point of acceptance. Well, I guess. I won't see my grandkids. I guess I won't be able to continue on living a legacy of righteousness, which is what I was hoping to do, and started actually looking at what do I need to do in these last years that I have, because I don't think there's any resolve to any of this. Wow. And Dr. Duong, we started in talking about the new CDC numbers, 
21% of Americans in chronic pain, 8% on top of that diagnosed with high-impact chronic pain. And I would imagine for a lot of those people that sense, as Marshall had, of just being hopeless. I, I just, I have to push through. I do the best that I can, but I don't see any hope and there's no joy. That's That sounds like it must be very typical for sufferers of chronic pain. Yes. The hope is in God. He gives us the perfect body to heal. So there's always hope and just continue to have faith and take actions so that you can get better. Because what I want to do is that hope is always there. Take actions. You can get better. And since beginning to develop for yourself these new healing habits, changing lifestyle, changing diet, having the guidance of Dr. Duong and, of course, the genetic testing that gave you a better sense of the picture of what's going on. The results in the last two and a half months for you, what, what is that like? What is your life like today, two and a half months later, from the day you walked in to Dr. Duong's office thinking, I have this family history. No one said it to me yet, but I have a sense that this picture is not going to end very well, and it's going to end much more rapidly than I could have ever in my worst nightmares thought of. From that moment to where you're at today, how has life changed for you? Oh, life has changed tremendously, as I said, beyond my expectations in the sense of when I first came to him on 10 different prescriptions. Um, today, I'm only on three of those, and the third one is a half a dose of what it was before. Um, dealing with issues as far as the psoriatic arthritis, the autoimmune issues where my body was literally attacking itself, insomnia where I couldn't sleep. I'm sleeping better. I'm eating better. I've dropped a size as far as clothing, and so I'm looking different. I have more energy. I'm exercising now, which I hated exercising before because it hurt All that so pain, bad. Of course. It just hurt so bad, yeah. but now actually feeling rejuvenated from being able to energize my body through exercise and breathing. And Dr. Duong, I'm curious. Uh, of course, you have patients all over the Bay Area. You've got a long history of helping people like Marshall address the health challenges that they're facing and establish a new healthier habit, a new healthier pattern. If this is where she's at today in just two and a half months' time, where do you see her six months or a year from now in terms of the ongoing health progress? She's going to enjoy life much better and able to contribute and serve. The most important thing that we put on this earth is to get ourselves better so that we can serve other people, and that's what it is. And the most important thing is not only that you do the right things, but the most important thing is continue to do all the right things. That's why we name and we are still start branding our name is called Healing Habits. That's why we call it HealingHabitsNow.com. So it's the habits that we create for the patients. Any chronic disease, any physical pain, we believe the solution is inside your body. Together, we create a healing habit so your, your body, your mind, and your soul can heal from within. As a result, we live a better quality life to serve. And as we see in Scripture, God was, doesn't want us to just simply survive, but to thrive. Mm -hmm. Yes. And she's going to be around for all those grandkids, 20 or 30 or 40 of them maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> maybe oh, maybe through your forties a bit much. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to need energy for that, yes, won't you? Yes, definitely. Well, Marshall, we sure appreciate you coming in today to share your story with our listeners. And uh, Dr. Duong, I want to mention again for the benefit of listeners, they'd like to get more information. They can call you at area code five ten eight one eight sixteen sixty eight. That's five one zero eight one eight one six six eight. Or get more information online at healinghabitsnow.com. That's healinghabitsnow.com. She is a walking miracle. Yes, she did all the right things, even though there's a certain time that she cheated on the food that she's not uh, supposed to eat. I said, don't be so negative. Just learn from it. It's always positive. Always has a positive thoughts in your mind. Learn from it and continue to thrive. The good news is we serve a God of second chances. Information again on the web at HealingHabitsNow.com. That's HealingHabitsNow.com. Dr. John Duong, along with Marshall, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks, Marshall. Thanks, Wade. You're listening to Healing Habits Now with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. More information available by going to HealingHabitsNow.com. That's HealingHabitsNow.com. Or by calling 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Don't forget, for a limited time, Dr. Duong is giving a very special opportunity for the first eight callers that qualify. You'll receive... A consultation, regularly a $287 value for just $47. This is available to the first eight callers to 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. Or by visiting online, healinghabitsnow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. It is the largest and fastest growing segment of the United States population, typically called the baby boomer generation. Those of us born between 1946 and 1964, comprising some 80 million Americans, and our numbers are being added to by 10,000 every day. Imagine that 10,000 Americans hit retirement age every single day. As we experience the grain of America, the big question is, how do we go about capturing this amazing block of individuals, not only in terms of harnessing their their collective talents and skills and ability and brain power and, and ministry abilities, but then, too, how can we most adequately minister to the needs of this growing sector of the population that, you know, as for all of us that are heading toward uh, the twilight years, you begin to think about the life that you've led. Think about um, the shortness of the time that you have left and questions with regard to the the significance of your life and ultimately being heaven-bound. Insights on the issue of renewing ministry for and by seniors. We're joined tonight by Dr. Michael Parker. He is co-author of a new book entitled A Vision for the Aging Church. And uh, we appreciate so much uh, your time tonight, Dr. Parker, and being with us uh, to talk a bit about this important topic. Well, thank you. Your background includes that of adjunct associate professor of the Division of Geriatric Medicine and uh, Care, <clears throat> pardon me, at the Center for Aging at the University of Alabama in Burning, uh, Birmingham. 
We have, you mean you're, you're we, new- have, uh, we have two centers for aging here in Alabama, one affiliated with our medical school, and then we have a center for mental health and aging at the, at the University of Alabama. So UAB is actually a separate university with a, you know, very... Uh, with an outstanding uh, department of uh, division of geriatric medicine, so I have a joint appointment. This background, of course, uniquely qualifies you to speak to this topic of just how well churches are equipped in ministering to uh, not just the needs of the aging population, but then, as the book also suggests, how to harness this amazing subset of our culture. I think that's part of the problem, if you want to call it a problem. I think it's a a wonderful gift from our Heavenly Father that he's given prolonged life, and yet it seems like we we haven't kept you know, captured that yet. And so what we want to do is is think about ministry from seniors first, and then during that final season of life, ministry to them. If you think about one demographic, it... um, if you make it to 65 on average, and these are just general averages, but if you make it to 65 and you're a woman, you might live another, typically you'll live another 19 years. And four to five of those years might be years of dependency where you need some help. Uh, if you're a man, you, on average you live uh, not quite as long, another 15 years, and three of those years might be years of dependency. Um, you know, Billy Graham has just written a book called uh, Nearing Home, and in the opening introduction, he, he writes, All my life I was taught how to die as a Christian, but no one ever taught me how I ought to live in the years before I die. I wish they had, because I'm an old man now, and believe it. it believe me, it's not easy. And I think that part of the problem is that uh, we need to capture that vision that we need our seniors. We want to issue a call out there and say we need you. And uh, and then there are very specific things over the 12 to 15 years that we've been doing research with congregations that can form the basis of a ministry. Um, but the, the basic idea is to have ministry from seniors. Um, it's interesting uh, how I became involved in, in geriatrics and gerontology. I actually was was on active duty and uh, I was uh, assigned to Seventh Medical Command. I had great responsibilities. It was right in the middle of, uh, right in the beginning stages of Desert Storm, and my father passed away. And so I came back to the funeral. And when I flew back to Seventh Medical Command, they had a memorial service for my father. And I realized that a lot of my brothers and sisters in uniform um, had similar issues, you know, aging parent issues from a distance. And so I um, uncovered this wonderful National Institute of Aging Postdoctoral Fellowship at Michigan. I applied and got accepted. And then I had to apply, and then the Lord had to do some great things, and I had to apply for a long-term civilian training from the Army Medical Department. And I got that. And then as things wind down in the military, you have to kind of iron out your assignments a year out. And uh, my colleagues in psychiatry said, Parker, you're going to do a child and family fellowship at Walter Reed. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> and uh, I want to go to Michigan. And, and, uh, and they you know, basically said, we're a young army, and, and you're going to have to do the fellowship at Walter Reed, or you put your career in jeopardy. So somebody said I should go talk to my boss. And uh, this was a two-star general who had the weight of the world on him. And uh, we were responsible for medical care for Desert Storm. And uh, 
when I went in to see him, he mirrored the ideas of the you know psychiatrist, my colleagues. And then he said, "What are you going to do there?" And I said, "I'm going to you know thank you for coming to my father's memorial service." And I told him what I just shared with your listeners uh, that you know I was interested in studying caregiving and particularly distant caregiving, and his whole countenance changed. And he said, I just got a call from Iowa from my family priest. And he said, your mother is leaving the gas on the stove. What do you want to do? And you see, here you have uh, captured in his story what's going on almost across the country nationwide, particularly for those who care for aging parents from a distance. And he said, you know, he wanted to honor his country with his service and that he'd been training all of his life for, and yet he wanted to honor his mother. Um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a challenging, uh, significant life event that most people at midlife face, and it's something we need to prepare for. And so we talk a little about that in the book. And um, so that's how I got involved. Uh, he said, tell those gentlemen that you are going to Michigan and the next day, you know, they congratulated me for sticking to my guns and, and off I went for a wonderful postdoc in Michigan which changed my life, you know, and my professional trajectory. So that's a quick intro into how I got into this. You know, the amazing thing is that we see so much focus these days on healthcare issues for seniors and uh, approaching that aspect of the physical needs of uh, the the grain segment of American population, and yet there's so little spoken of when it comes to meeting to uh, meeting the spiritual needs. And we're going to spend some time focusing on that when we come back after a brief timeout. Dr. Michael Parker is with us tonight, as you hear, a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Army, serving now as associate professor at the School of Social Work and Mental Health and Aging, the University of Alabama, co-author of a new book entitled A Vision for the Aging Church, Renewing Ministry for and by Seniors. When we come back, how do you uniquely meet the spiritual needs of seniors? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Talking about the grain of America tonight, 80 million of us in that generation called the baby boomers, those born between 1946 and 1964, and as some 10,000 of us every single day reaches retirement age, it begs the question, how do we go about focusing on ministering to this unique and growing segment of the population, not only in terms of, of harnessing the talent, skills, and abilities that they have, uh, as con- active contributors to the church and ministry in the body of Christ. But then, too, what about ministering to their needs? There's lots of focus these days, of course, about health care and, and uh, care services for the elderly and the aging. As much as we talk about the physical needs, though, what about this aspect of meeting their unique spiritual needs. We're talking about that in this segment of the program with us is Dr. Michael Parker, co-author of a new book entitled A Vision for the Aging Church, Renewing Ministry for and by Seniors. Let's talk about this. You know, every church uh, pretty much anywhere in America has a youth ministry or a young singles group. Are we going to see the day, Dr. Parker, when many churches will also have an older adults ministry? Yes. In fact, uh, a lot of people kind of age out of youth ministry into senior ministry uh, from our experience. Uh, but the, the problem is that we're not addressing it systemically in our, in our seminaries, and we're not preparing people for, that, for the fact that people are living so long. And so that's kind of an area we've been working on. And if, if you look at something even um, 
as challenging as a disaster like Katrina or the recent F5 tornadoes that we had come through Tuscaloosa. Seniors um, um, are hit more severely because of that. Uh, roughly 70% of the casualties from Katrina, 60 to 70% were seniors, and 80% of those dear people belong to congregations. And so one of the responsibilities the church has, I believe deacons and elders, is to make sure that we have kind of a, a safety net to older people prepare for the kind of disasters that might be characteristic of the geography where you are. Um, I lived in Monterey for a while, and I know some of the dangers you face out there. And really, I think you know, our deacons really need to take responsibility for making sure that our seniors are safe you know, in the, in the event of a disaster. Uh, here in Tuscaloosa, where the F5 tornadoes hit, in one uh, church alone, we had four deaths um, related to the tornadoes. And they weren't directly related. They were indirectly related in the sense that they were affected by the consequences and the dislocation of the tornado, and they didn't adjust well. So that's just one small area that I think churches can step up, um, helping the, you, you were talking about some of the statistics, you know, some would argue that one in two over 80 will suffer from dementia, and roughly two-thirds of those will be Alzheimer's disease. And we're diagnosing that um, awful disease earlier and earlier now. What does someone do with that knowledge that, you know, they're basically going to lose their memory? And for a Christian, it's the loss of memory of God, their memories of God, their memories of Scripture, what assurances can we give them? And so the co-author on our book, uh, Jim Houston, who, by the way, was mentored by C.S. Lewis at Oxford, wonderful scholar, uh, the most joyful Christian at 88 that I know, and brilliant, has you know, helped me write a chapter on kind of a, a theology of dementia. And he would say that we need to reassure anyone who's been diagnosed and I'm cutting to the basic idea, is that they're remembered of God and they can trust Him. And that's just one nuance, again, of how we might develop some ministry. Do we also need to see, you made reference to the issue of seminaries and schools that are preparing pastors and those for full-time ministry. Do we need to see the beginnings of development, Dr. Parker, of unique ministries? Because I think of the needs, as you say, of whether you're ministering to people who are Alzheimer's patients or their loved ones, uh, those that are just, even as the longevity tables do what they do, and we're seeing people living longer and longer. I mean, the growing number of centarians, for example, right. in America is, is significant. The needs that they have is not just like treating the older end of the demographic within our congregation. Well, pastor's in his 60s. Surely he can help meet the needs and, and pray for and care for somebody who's in their 70s or 80s. That may not be necessarily the case, especially as we see folks that are 90 and centarians. Absolutely. And, of course, these people are not able to travel. Um, they have mobility issues often and some frailness. And the church can be a part of helping people age successfully, by the way, to look at it on, uh, from a positive point of view, we can help people avoid disease and disability. We can help them kind of maximize their cognitive and physical fitness. We can help them be more actively engaged in ministry and in life. 
I think all our congregations can do a better job of asking our senior saints to pray for ministry and to engage in Holy Spirit-led ministry in the latter stages of life. Uh, you look at examples like Dr. Houston and Dr. Graham, who were um, who their notion of retirement is not age-graded. You know, we we live in a very age-graded uh, society, and our seminaries are not immune from that, nor are our churches. We think we we go to school, we go to work, and then we retire. But the truth is, we if we're lifelong learners, we go to school our entire lives. Uh, we really work our entire lives, and and you know so the these are structures that are really lifelong. So we we go to school, we work, and we um, um, need to take respites along the way. So those concepts really don't work, and the church needs to challenge, you know, to provide kind of a countercultural perspective on the value of life in the final stages, and be involved in helping develop uh, caregiver support programs, uh, helping churches partner that are too small to manage these programs, help us, uh, you know, do some late-life planning, end-of-life aging-in-place initiatives, uh, helping people prepare for uh, uh, caregiving, and now we're talking about you know, middle-stage adults who are worried about their aging parents, and then challenging the the elderly to engage with their young adult children about their their long-term care plans. The long-term care industry in this country is broken, and it's in trouble. And, you know, when you look at the statistics that suggest we have more people over the age of 65 than we have 18 and younger, those uh, demographics are not going to change. And so it's kind of the elephant on the table, and we, we have to help the church embrace it. And the good news that these senior saints are around, these elders are long, around longer and can help us. So, you know, involving them in uh, small group life so that they're nurturing and loving younger people, um, uh, witnessing to the power of Christ in their lives, uh, and maybe setting up kind of a life review ministry so that you're capturing these stories of these wonderful senior saints and putting it to film. And there's a lot of work being done in that area. And we know from uh, our research that when someone completes a life review in the right way, it's an antidepressant. And so when somebody listens to your story and your story of faith, it really is uh, encouraging to that person and affirming and uh, there are all kinds of lessons there that can be learned and applied by younger generations. Developing a vision for the aging church, renewing ministry for and by seniors. New book co-authored by our guest on this segment of Lifeline, Dr. Michael Parker. The new book, by the way, published by University Press, available at bookstores throughout the Bay Area as well as through Amazon.com. And Dr. Parker, thanks so much for the time and the insights. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.